Good afternoon. This is Rich Nass, Executive Vice President with Open Systems Media and leader of the Embedded and IoT franchises. I'm here for this week's Five Minutes with Discussion. This week, my guest is James Kimmery, and he is the Director of Wireless Research for National Instruments. Good afternoon, James. How are you? I'm good, Rich. How are you? Oh, I'm doing just fine, thank you. So, as the Director of Wireless Research, I figure a real good topic for us would be to discuss this 5G standard that uh, has been a year or is a year out, and last year was a year out, and the year before that it was a year out. Um, first of all, do you agree with that? And if you do, which I hope you do, uh, when will it actually be a year out, or when will it be now? Well, that's a good question. But uh, so, you know, 5G, it takes, it takes a long time uh, to get a standard uh, in place and then to get products and services, you know, to back that up, including, including test equipment. So in, in the last year, uh, the, the standard was finalized in December of 2017. That was the, the initial 5G spec, 3GPP release 15. And since then, uh, companies have announced several products and services around 5G. And what's going on right now is really testing. There's a lot of testing that's going on, and that's a critical part to, to transition from actually having a standard to deployment. So is the testing going the way people would have expected, or is that have, has that uncovered things that was a, uh, oh, my God, moment, we got to go back to the drawing board? <laughs> no, I think it, in, in every standard, I've been involved with the standards in 2G and, and various roles and responsibilities. And I don't think the 5G standard really, uh, in terms of just the random access network, the communication between the base station and, and the UE, that's gone about as, as well as to be expected. You know, NI has been working with infrastructure vendors for, for quite a while. You know, our products and services are, are used and the field trials with operators, and we have a we have a front row seat, and so we we, we believe that uh, progress is going actually extremely well. Okay, well, this is clearly not a chicken and egg situation. If if we don't have the operators on board, uh, there's no reason to develop an end device or or whatever that end device ends up looking like. Um, is is everybody on board with that philosophy? Yeah, it is. To a certain extent, you're right, Rich. It's, it's a chicken and egg situation. So, um, you know, the standard has to be out there, and then uh, companies have to build infrastructure equipment and devices. But that has to be driven by businesses, consumers, and ultimately the service operators. And if you if you think about the ther service operators' point perspective, they've 4G was a rousing success for most of them, and but, you know, consumers aren't willing to pay for more data these days. In fact, you know, the average revenue per unit continues to decrease as the service operators compete with themselves. So 5G offers them an opportunity to offer a new set of services and uh, capabilities uh, above 4G that they'll be able to hopefully offer businesses and consumers that they'll be willing to pay for.
So I think they're geared up. They've been on board. Uh, you know, I've been involved in the 3GPP meetings myself personally, and they've been very active and very vocal in driving the standard in certain directions. So if I'm developing an end device, what's the hardest part? What is the, the part that I'm really going to pull my hair out to develop? Well, I think in general, uh, 5G does add, add some complexity. One of the biggest, I think, challenges is that 5G is going to offer more data or faster data. Well, that translates into more bandwidth, and more bandwidth translates into more processing power needed in an, in an end-user device. And more, more processing power means that, oh, I, I have power consumption, co consumption issues to deal with, that the processor is operating faster or consuming more data, it's going gonna, it's gonna to draw more power. And then the other challenge is that's a lot of data to process. You know, how do I move that data along my baseband processing and ultimately to the processor for these apps to be able to work effectively? So it's, it's, I think in LTE speeds, I think that the, the architecture is there. It's been there for many years. I think in 5G, it's going to push those uh, chipset providers to provide uh, uh, chipsets and solutions that are not only more uh, processor intensive or computationally intensive, but also can, that are cost effective and also consume a reasonable amount of power to preserve battery life. So what is the application that you think that will really be the one that pushes the 5G standard into um, success, if, if that's the word I, I don't know if that's the right word I should be using or not, but um, well, let's really make may, it mainstream. Maybe, I, uh, maybe I didn't mean to cut you off, but maybe no. the one, what's the leading application to drive you know, early adoption? I think. And uh, there's a lot of applications that have been talked about. Vita-X is, is one, autonomous driving. Uh, that's on its own trajectory, and that's going to be, you know, there's reg regulatory hurdles in order to make 5G a reality for, for that particular application, but that's coming. The, uh, the, connect the connected car is an unstoppable force. Our, our cars will be more connected in the future, and 5G uh, will be a big part of that. But initially, <clears throat> for, the, for the initial spec, you know, faster data can uh, translate into making your apps on your phone, your current apps, more powerful and more capable. And uh, one of the things that we've seen is uh, using these uh, big data uh, services such as uh, or capabilities like artificial intelligence and, you know, video still on our phones, you know, when we think of video and we think of, um, you know, we think of video just, hey, a viewer watching video. But being able to apply analysis to a video stream is important. For, for example, uh, what about security? Well, if you've ever had a security camera in your, in your home or you've looked at security video, it's hours and hours of video. And... Then if you see the, the important moment or 
event that needs to be captured. You know, it takes you a long time to get there. With, with AI and real-time streaming, those things can be analyzed immediately and sent to the appropriate action, uh, uh, entity that will act on that particular event. So you can see enhanced security services. You can see augmented reality. Uh, just having that data, you know, 5 to 10x improvement in data over LTE is going to provide uh, a level of services that couldn't be there or aren't there or, or, or delivered from uh, 4G and LTE. And I think that's, that's kind of the initial one, as we'll see video still become the more critical app to drive more, more deployments in the short term. And then I see uh, autonomous driving, and VDX is kind of another wave that comes through. And then, you know, another particular application that is not really talked about is the fact that 5G also intends to lower the latency of the network. Now, if you've ever pulled up a web page on your phone, the response time is, is, is unpredictable, and that's an example of latency. You know, if you're just consuming data on your phone, it's, it, it's, it's, it's a nuisance, but it's, you know, it's a nuisance. You know, and then your body gets trained that, okay, this is unpredictable. And then when it's really fast, you say, oh, wow, that's, that was really fast. But businesses can't plan uh, applications that require real-time response or, or deterministic response in that type of environment. And so 5G does have uh, one of its pillars is l lower latency. And that's, that's exciting because if, if the network is predictable and has lower latency, then emergency responders have an opportunity to use that network for the benefit uh, of the, the civilians that they, that they represent. But it also enables control over the network, being able to control instead of consuming data uh, which is a typical application now, you'll see uh, applications using the cloud and, and software in the cloud to be able to control things. And that could be IoT-based devices. That could be, um, that, that could be uh, manufacturing. Uh, it could be just data sensors in, in, an, in an agricultural type of scenario, or it could be controlling cars, like in the autonomous vehicle. Like I said, that, that's probably a, a little ways away, but that lower latency is, is critical to unlock another set of applications over and above the big data, or faster data, I should say. Very good. Well, it sounds like we might really actually be a year out now, which I guess is a good thing. Well, I think uh, so. Thank you, James. I mean, I, for being my guest. Thanks, Rich. I appreciate the opportunity. That was James Kimry. He is the Director of Wireless Research for National Instruments, and I am Rich Nass. Uh, hope you have a great day, James. Thank you. Hey, thanks again, Rich. Bye-bye.